This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London early mid-season podcast. Oh, what are you talking about? Early, early, early close season? No way. We are late. We're late. We're late pre-close season. We're late post-season. No, we're, we're mid-post-season. No, we're, we're early friendlies. There's too many arguments on this. Listen, we'll come back to this because we've got another solution for this, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But like I said to you, it's the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We haven't been, we haven't been on air for about a month. We had a little bit of a rest. Um, so we've got lots and lots of stuff to talk about today. Like I said, they've got an election looming. We've got players coming and players going. But before we go into that, we just want to talk about something really serious. Um, and flipping the script here, on a serious note, You'd been under a rock if you weren't aware of the atrocities that happened in London and Manchester recently. And we, like 99.9% of the people in the UK, are sickened to the core about this. And, I mean, all we can do is, as we say around the table here, we can send our condolences out to the family of those who are killed and the people who are injured and hope that they get better soon. Um, the, the emergency services have been absolutely fantastic in both cities. And the fact that London, Manchester and the whole of the country... In effect, it's just pulled together in this and, and, and trying to stick together. I think it's absolutely fantastic. We're not going to go on to no political rants or anything like that upon this because I think what is just most important is the fact that us as a city and we see London, I mean, we go to London Bridge all the time. We go down to Millwall, we stop there, we drink there. And that's, that's, that's kind of one of our zones. And when something like that happens, it really hits you really close to home, Laney. Yeah, especially Borough Market. Borough Market is one of those places I used to spend most of my lunch times at when I was at the FT. We relocated to Southwark Bridge. We, I saw that place evolve. You know, it was a it was a rat infested old fruit and veg market. Now it's turned into the most multicultural, most diverse, most um, cosmopolitan places in the whole of London. I was there three weeks ago. I took some visitors to London there because I was very proud of, of knowing about that. I'm pretty much it's, it's still it's still like an, an unknown part of London. It's like a Londoner's bit of London. 
Um, and uh, you know, I, I was just shocked. It was all, all the places that I, I saw people dying. Um, you know, there were places that were very, very personal to me. And again, as you say, Bill, it's you know, it, it hurts. It hurts any right, right-thinking person to the core. Just to think, it, it could have been us. It could have been anyone we knew. And, and as you sit there and you watch the TV, I mean, you sit there, watch the TV for hours. You look on social media, and you feel almost like helpless because you think, what, what can we do? You know, what can we do to help? You know, the situation. And you know, there's not a lot you can do as a person other than sort of kind of staying strong and everyone staying together. But you know, one thing that we thought that we'd do, do recently, we had a besotted Pride of West London end of season social, and we collected some money for charity. And it's a bit of a funny one for us as well because we didn't have a designated charity as such, but we decided, you know, the Brentford Community Trust. We put some money towards the Brentford Community Trust, which we collected from that. And also, we were going to put some money towards Calm as well, which was our, one of the charities that we picked out of the blue. But we just made a decision after that that you know we felt it was really important. We're going to take some of the money from that charity pot and also put it towards the victims of the the London atrocities as well. Put some money towards you know because you know you can't do much, but let's you know that's that's one very small thing that we can do as fans of, of a football club, and that'll be Brentford fans have contributed to that as well. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. What, you know, what can you do? You know, we've, we've, we've I think we've chosen in the end three brilliant um, ambassadors three brilliant causes obviously the Brentford Community Trust um, Calm about it's a campaign against living miserably it's um, you know it looks into male suicide um, and you know the, um, the, the the issues surrounding depression and obviously the victims of this this atrocity so you know I'm very proud that you know we've we've raised or contributed some money at least it doesn't it doesn't solve anything but you know it helps okay so but anyway just coming back to the podcast itself now and in the cross teas today joining myself Billy Grant I've got and he's been just speaking just now Dave Lane Dave how are you doing and what you've been up to in this last month when we've had a bit of a chill pill yeah, I've, I've, I've been enjoying myself, if I'm honest with you. I'm, I've got a, a, a significant birthday coming up, which I'm not particularly looking forward to. Um, I've been to... 21 again. 21 again. I've been to Egypt for a week with my kids, which I had, a, had a, an amazing time. I went snorkelling and I saw clownfish, real, real Nemos and dolphins, and I had a, I had a, I had a particularly good time there. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing some really close mates on... Uh, on uh, on Saturday night for some uh, some shindigs. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a good few weeks for me. And we've got the Savvy B is back in the house here. Savvy B, how has your holiday been so far? Uh, well, I haven't been on holiday for two years, so uh, I'm a bit jealous. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm a bit jealous. Oh. Bit jealous of Dave. who seems to go every two weeks. But uh, otherwise, things are good. Uh, been very busy at work and. Um, Actually enjoying it. I've been up and down the, the River Thames quite a lot recently on tugboats and rowing boats and all sorts of stuff. So it's been, been good fun. Yeah. We have the Allard in the house. Matt the Allard, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I've, I've, I've actually not been away. Um, I've just been sort of working quite hard and chilling a bit. Um, and I am, but I am now heavily into, I'm into the cricket season. Um, I always think it's a bit of a shame that the, the football season doesn't wait for the cricket season to end. Um, it seems not a lot of manners there for me, but there you go. Um, and um, I, went to the, um, I went to one of the uh, warm-up games uh, for the Champions Trophy. Um, India, New Zealand. Um, I don't think we saw much cricket, but um, great atmosphere, fantastic. And um, and you know what? I, I, again, I and I've said this before about cricket games. I've been to it. It's one of the things I love about this city is that you know a game like that we can you can attract twenty odd thousand people, um, and and it's one of the great things about London. 
the Liberal Nick is back in the house. He's got his tractor parked outside and he is here to give us a bit of uh, knowledge. Yeah, I've been been a bit busy over the last five weeks or so, you know, up and down the country, round and about, doing a bit of ducking, doing a bit of diving. Um, and really what I'm looking forward to is about midday on Friday and actually having a couple of days off, you know, being able to relax and not not do a bit of work, look forward to, as like Matt said, watching a bit of cricket, might even listen to a bit of thugby, you know, as well, but just stop working, that's what I'm looking forward to. Which is all good, and for me, like I said, my football season dragged on past the end of the football season as well, I went up to Leicester City, to where the Wolves game was doing some filming up there, and then where else did I go? I went, oh, yeah, I went to the Women's FA Cup final as well, so my other half wasn't best, please, because uh, my football season, that's was meant to finish on the 7th or wherever it was of, uh, of May, kind of dragged on for an another couple of weeks but I was so happy when it finished and I have been really really enjoying the last couple of weeks been up to good job you didn't go to the Man City game oh yeah yeah that's right and, oh the, the Man City B game yes the, the oh, okay is that the game that I popped out to get a, a, a bag of sugar yeah that was a, yeah that one yeah. <laughs> that's right I didn't go to the Man City B game well I popped out to get a bag of sugar and I, I did happen to sort of see the whole thing I saw some floodlights and some other bits and pieces like that's right that's right it's funny how I sort of blanked that Man City B game out of my mind as well actually so but you know you know the things that you have to do but other than that like I said it's been really cool been up to Shrewsbury quite a few times it's been like ground all D me, me going up on that virgin train and everything like that but I'm looking forward like I said I've got really relaxed I've got my family over from the States at the moment now so I've been showing them around the place got the England game I actually had to cancel a hotel on Saturday up in Glasgow which I'd booked for about seven months and I thought I thought, I thought it's got to be done actually so I cancelled the Glasgow I thought I'd better leave that one for now Scotland will be an independent nation yeah, come Friday we'll, yeah. we'll probably talk about that in a minute anyway as well and uh, you know that's it but you know and I'll be going away soon but probably talk about that in the next podcast but anyway we've got lots and lots and lots to talk about now because this like I said is or I haven't said it yet is not only the mid pre whatever you call it season podcast this is an election special the election everyone's going to the electorate today today's Thursday or whatever day you heard it but you know this is going on the Thursday and everyone's going to the election today to fight for whoever party they think should be in and I've got characters in here. I've got some esteemed candidates who are going to convince you to vote for them today. They'll be coming on later, intermittently through the broadcast. Each of these five candidates who are going to stand locally for Brentford FC, they're going to get up their soapbox and tell us why you should vote for them in the general election. So we'll be coming on to that in just a minute. So, yeah, so Besotted Pride of West London podcast and... Actually, don't forget that our, our end of season podcast, which you talked about before, they're all live, all of them, all three of them, they're all live on Audio Boom, iTunes, all the good podcast channels. But now we've also decided to put them up on YouTube and Facebook, so you can catch it pretty much wherever you want to. So don't forget to go there, subscribe, and also review. And I want to talk about a review as well. I put my makeup on. You haven't put your makeup at all. We had a review as well, which I, I don't check iTunes that often, but also I know there's another review on iTunes. I looked at it and I thought this is actually quite funny. The review was by Lord Barron. If you listen there, Lord Barron, very funny. His review was, Four unemployed chaps or fellows without visible means of support follow Brentford FC around the championship. They discuss the ins and outs of the team. They point accusing fingers at some and lord others. They froth and rage at the game's injustices and weep with happiness over a game well won. I love this podcast. Without it, I wouldn't know my arsenal from my bell end. I would like it to be known that I have got a visible means of support. I always wear pants. <laughs> so excellent, excellent. So come on, you bees, says Lord Barron. That is his uh, iTunes review. So you can go to iTunes and you can Scott review it. Barron. It probably was Scotty Barron, actually, wasn't it? 
But, you know, you can say anything that you want to. Just go out there and just review it. Because apparently when you review it, it goes up in some sort of algorithm. You know, and Brentford knows all about algorithms, don't they? Because, you know, the more algorithms you have, the better players you have. Like, you know what I'm saying? So if you review our podcast load, we'll get better players. So everybody, review the podcast now. <laughs> Terms and exclusions apply. On That's it. right. Okay, indeed. Actually, and it's not, it's written in, in small print on the besotted.co.uk website. But anyway, we're coming back to the election, and we've got some esteemed candidates here, some absolutely esteemed candidates who are going to be giving you. They're getting steamed as well, and they're going to be telling you exactly why you should vote for them. I'm going to go around the table here so that they can absolutely um, tell you exactly who they are. I have, to the right of me, Mr. Dave Lane, who is representing the party UKIP. Mr. Lane. You get. Can you, um, can, you get the, can you get it right? It's typical of your sort for not getting that right. And we've got uh, Savvy B, who's gone all hummer-shaped with the Greens. Well, it's, a, it's about time I was given a platform. I mean, we've got one MP, UKIP have none. UKIP seems to go on telly all the time. This is not fair. I'm, I'm outraged, but I'm glad that you, be sotted, have actually put us on a platform. Thank you. That's Savvy B for the Greens. We've got the Allard representing the Liberal Democratic Party. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I basically want to say that the Brentford I love is not lost yet. And um, I'll be explaining more about that throughout the evening. Indeed, indeed. Also, I've got Liberal Nick, who's actually flying the red for the layabouts. Yeah, because you know me, I like to bring a bit of chaos into this podcast. I am the coalition of chaos. Indeed, indeed. And myself, Billy the Bee, I'm representing the Conservatories. Stong and Stable. Stong and Stable. Stong is um, obviously not from this country, he's from China. And we will talk about that later in my manifesto. That's racist. Stonk. Anyway, we'll come back to that later. So anyway, listen. Before we discuss the manifestos, we're just going to talk about a little bit of action going around Brentford at the moment now. Players coming in, players going out. Players all around the place. Players coming in. There's been a couple of players come in recently to Brentford. It's still very early days because, as you know, the contracts don't really expire till the end of the month. So July is really the month. But we've had a couple of early signings come into Brentford. First of all is Henrik Dalsgaards. He's foreigner. That's right. That's right. He's Danish. And he's coming from Zoot Warogrem. Okay. Um, he was eight years at AAB. AAB won the Danish Super League in 2013 2014. Um, it's interesting because the, that's right. The team that he came from, Zutwaragram, actually holds 10,200 fans, which is quite similar to Brentford. So he's come from a similar sized team to the Bees. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, you know, so maybe, he f- <laughs> so maybe he feels comfortable. They also finished sixth. He won't be overall. I bet they finished quite high in the old alphabetical league. <laughs> they, 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 they finished top, top in the alphabetical league and they finished sixth in the Belgian league last season as well so he's come over that so Henrik welcome to him he actually came straight in and went straight into the Danish squad for the game against Germany um, um, Germany squad at the weekend or a couple of days ago um, he actually didn't make, the, didn't make the squad at all but he's actually been out there training with them so Henrik Stalsgaard now the question I'm going to say to you as well we'll come to, come to this in a little bit but we talked about this before right back being pulled in 27 years old I think he is I mean he's he's fairly experienced so is this to bolster the side or is this, you know, is he going to be the top boy? 
Well, you know, defence is going to be one of the biggest issues for next season. You know, the, the, the way we finished the season, you know, it was all about attack and the way, the way we scored our goals. I'm thinking for next year they, they probably they will want to shuffle it at the back a little bit. I don't, I don't, I'm not privy to who's actually going to go yet. You know, Colin is still a for sale sign. Is there a sold sign outside outside his flat? I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's happening there. But you know, we are gonna we are gonna be looking at the defensive back back four, back five, back three, um, and. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not quite sure what what Smith, what Dean Smith, and what the um, the directors of football are, are looking to do there. I mean, I, I'm I, I I think changes need to happen, but maybe the old um, maybe the Allard needs to have his input. I think what's really important is that he's um, over six foot tall, and and I know it, it, because because essentially all those crossfield balls last season we were struggling to defend. Um, We've got we're a very short team, and if you can pick up a right back who who is you know six foot plus, then um, I think that's all well and good. I just hope he can play on the ground as um, as effectively as as the recent guys we've seen in the right back berth. I think what was interesting about uh, this purchase is that uh, Dalsgaard actually scores a lot of goals. His goals to games ratio is very surprising for a right back. So I'm not sure how he plays and how how much he gets into the box or whether he's just a tall player that goes up for for corners and free kicks but uh, that's quite interesting and uh, I think you know if Colin does go it sounds, sounds like a decent replacement do you f- I mean do you think it's interesting because as we saw back in the last season they had these stats that came up that showed us that us and Barnsley had the lo- youngest squad in the whole division and our squad I think the average age was about 23 or maybe 24 at the very most and what we seem to do is buy very young players we put them in the side and then they you know and, and, and they do what they have to do and they, they learn and they throw them in and we learn but all of a sudden we've bought a player who's tw- I think he's 27 years old now so he's got a lot more experience and it, it didn't seem that inverted commas Brentford way do you think that we're actually thinking mm, we might have an opportunity this year and we need to bolster the side with players who have a bit of experience as this podcast proves having one or two wise heads amongst some headstrong youngsters <laughs> actually can improve the, 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 the way a team operates and produces a better all-round performance so I think it's probably a good move to do that I've already, Bill, I've already got a song for him six foot two eyes of blue Henrik Dalesgaard's After You. Oh, the old Ernie Howe song. The old Ernie Howe song, yeah, yeah. Well, Ernie Howe, I don't want to say that. That's my first game I ever saw was Ernie Howe when he's playing for Fulham. But anyway, <laughs> we won't talk about that. Anyway, I was very young at the time. But anyway, that's an interesting move that Dalesgaard, and we'll see how that will go. Um, I mean, I suppose we could talk about Maxim Collin now as well. I suppose, I mean, it's meant to be in the out section, but, you know... I'm going to know, anyone who lives near and near Brentford, is, is the for sale sign still outside Maxim Collins' house? Uh, I go past it regularly and it is sold. It's sold, Ooh. actually says sold now. Uh, but it doesn't say STC, but you know, sometimes they say subject to contract, which means it could easily fall through. So, you know, it, you know he, his move could fall through. Yeah, but he, he, could, he could be buying somewhere else in the UK. Just that flat sold doesn't mean he's leaving, doesn't leaving, mean he's leaving the European Union. Indeed, indeed, it doesn't. So, listen, Maxim Collin, we'll see. The question marks out as to whether or not we're going to have two quality right-backs or whether or not we're going to be having um, Maxim go elsewhere and having um, Clarkey just stepping up another level, you know. Also, there was another signing that we made, Luke Daniels, goalkeeper in from Scunthorpe, another experienced player 
Um, this one actually really surprised me. It came a little bit out of the blue um, because no one ever thought we were looking for a goalkeeper. We, you know, okay, we, we had Bonham who played a game there, um, played very well. But obviously, there's a load of scouts come down, so maybe the scout, well, the scouts are obviously down to have a look at him. Going to ship him out, whether or not it's on loan, they're going to sell him. Um, but all of a sudden, Luke Daniels is coming from Scunthorpe. He's a top keeper for Scunthorpe, and the Scunthorpe fans were absolutely gutted. So I'm thinking, cool, blimey, we've actually got two A-grade goalkeepers in our side. You know, you've got a real battle for the number one position here. Um, what does that mean? I, I agree with you there, Bill. And he made a very aggressive, uh, what I thought to be quite an aggressive statement on the club website, is that he said, you know, I didn't come here to be number two which to me sort of a bit precocious you know hang on a minute get your feet underneath the table first before you tell us who's going to be number one and number two because I don't see anybody at the moment seeing our number one wanting to be displaced you, well maybe maybe we've got a lot of interest in for Daniel Bentley that, that's the other thing maybe we're lining his, Daniel Bentley's replacement up already you know I'd, I'd be gutted to see Bentley go I really really would he, he's, he's outstanding but if someone came in for him with seven or eight million for a, for a goalkeeper you just have to wave bye bye and you know maybe maybe we're well maybe we're covering our asses to be honest yeah I think you're covering your ass in case you get an offer you can't refuse on transfer deadline day and you don't have an opportunity to, to bring somebody else in. Um, I I kind of hear what you're saying, Nick, but ultimately, if he came to the club and said, I'm happy to be number two to Daniel Bentley, I'd be even more worried. It's typical. You never you never agree with me, do you, Matt? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's not a bad idea to have two quality goalkeepers. I mean, Fulham last season had uh, a button for most of the season. He lost form. They bought him better than Ellie. And they still go into the playoffs. So uh, I think in this division, which is a tough one, you can't rely on just the one keeper. We were lucky. We were lucky. We've been lucky for a few seasons where Button has been solid and uh, Bentley's been solid. But you know, one injury, and then you would have to rely on someone like um, Ellery Balkum. Ellery, no, Ellery Balkum. Ellery Balkum. Yeah, but he's he's, he's 20 years old. You no, know, he's 18 or something. He's very young. But I mean, um, Bonham, Bonham needs games. He's not going to get him at Brentford. It's the whole, you know, sort of thing about the young players not getting games, and they need to go out and get some games. He could be a fantastic goalkeeper. He's a great shot stopper, Bonham. But you know, the, the, the game he played, he, he came out and missed a few balls. You know, he's got, he's not quite in tune with the defence, and he needs some time to get working with a de- you know with a defensive unit. And he hasn't got that yet. I'll be honest, you know, I've, I've, I've given Bonham a lot of crap and um, most of it I think is justified. But credit where credit's due, when he played that game, that really, really solid game, um, and people like um, Richard Lee came out and they, they were queuing, not queuing up, that's a bit wrong, but they, they, they were looking to give him a proper pat on the back and to give credit where credit's due. And, and I, I actually felt like... It was a, that was a benchmark to kind of like leave the previous bad games behind and hopefully look forward to a, a, a different Jack Bonham. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give him another chance, to be honest, but obviously, obviously we've brought another player in, so how that shakes up the, the dynamic and the, the squad positionings, I'm not quite sure. It would look like Bonham's going out on loan, if I'm honest. So listen, so we've got the Luke Daniels and then we've got one other player that came in who came in actually even earlier into the season. It's a bit of a strange one because he came in early 
and then he was there for about a day and then he played in the B-team game against Manchester City. That's Theo Archibald who he signed from Celtic. Very, very, very highly rated player um, and um, we saw him. Well, I didn't see him. I, mean, I went out to get a bag of sugar and then I just happened to sort of see this, this Scottish guy going down the wing and I thought he looks quite good as I was carrying my sugar home. Did in the. I, I, I didn't drop my sugar. I actually I kept hold of it. You know. about your honey honey? Oh, my honey honey was all good, you know what I'm saying? In the B-team game. But yeah, Theo Archibald, he looked quite lively in that game considering that he probably didn't know any of his teammates names he didn't know anything else that was going on there he just thrown him into the blue so that's another player that we bought my only my only slight worry about our record on Scottish signings isn't too good I mean I hope we did a full medical check on him and and are certainly not putting him near oh, any no, rabbit no. holes or yeah, near branches you know well you know one one can be a trend one can be a trend. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a liberal's uh, sort of kind of sort of like economic theory, isn't it? Like I say, it's your sample size of one, like you know. But, that's right. But anyway, we'll come back to that. We'll talk about more Brentford stuff in a minute because now we're going to go in with our first party political broadcast. So, very important part of the evening now, as basically the, the country is going to vote, but a lot of people don't know who to vote for. So we thought. As besides, we're going to get all the parties in front of us now and they're going to pitch. They're going to tell you exactly why you should vote for them. First of all, I've got Dave Lane from the UGIT party. Dave Lane. Yeah, well, first thing, first thing I want to do tomorrow, when, when we win tomorrow, we're going, to, uh, we're going to take Brentford back for Brentford people and we're going to leave the League Cup. We're going to leave, <laughs> leave the League Cup immediately and then the money that we save on the transport for taking us to Oxford away, I'm gonna I'm, we, we're gonna put into um, putting fences up around the grounds um, to keep foreign players out of Griffin Park. That's the first thing that's gonna happen on, on Friday morning. Um, foreign wives, wives of wives of foreign players, um, will have to have Hey Jude tattooed on their arms. Um, no I'm, I'm ve- we're, we're, we're very the you, you the UGIT party are very very serious about that. Um, and maybe to have um, some sort of arm wrestling just to make sure that they're... Or British Bulldog, probably. Um, we'll decide. We'll make it up when we get into... Um, when, when we get up to, um, into Parliament, no, number 10. No kebabby. I don't want to hear your filth. You, I don't want to hear your filth. Don't... You keep your filth yourself, right? One in, one out of the toilets uh, uh, on Braemar Road. One in, one out, right? One in, one out, right? When when one when one leaves the bo- the bogs, I don't want to hear your I don't want to hear your I don't want to hear your filth either. You keep your filth to your three minutes. Don't contaminate my rant with your filth. You 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 communist, right? I want um uh, uh, midday midday on Friday once we've taken over. I want the um, execution of Rasmus Ankerson. I <laughs> oh, don't know, no, sorry, no, um, um, ex- extradition, 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 the extradition of Rasmus Ankerson. All right, he's, he's, Who is Rasmus Ankerson? I've never heard uh, of him. W- sorry, Rasmus Wankerson, you may know him as. Right. Um, I also want the introduction of an Australian points system where you get three points for a goal. <laughs> And then one point for getting it over the bar. One point for over the bar. Um, um, 
an outright ban on half and half scarves and hijabs. <laughs> and any kinds of headgear. What about half and half hijabs? <laughs> no, 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 beheadings. <laughs> oh, uh, that's the only time. Is, much... that, is that an Irish? That, that's John Egan's defending a beheading, Begora. Um, I also, um, I, 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 um, I also want, um, I also want the um, Adrian Durham to be um, put in charge of our um, head coach. <laughs> so Dean Smith, I want him. And De- why, why Adrian Durham? Uh, because uh, because he's a right, right-minded, right-thinking. A proper geezer. He's a proper geezer. He's a geezer. He's a geezer. Uh, and and obviously, like he's a proper proper football pundit. Proper football pundit. He he says it as it is, and he he, he says it as it is. Okay, and we're going to ask a question. We're going to interject. Bill, 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 get, he's getting a lot of airtime yeah, here, considering yeah. he's. And, and the re, I want the reintroduction of the old castle badge. Immediately, immediately, without any. Okay, we got we got fifteen seconds left. Um. I want any any no new fans, no new fans to the club have access to stripes for five years. Five, they they have to do five years before they're out. Okay, able right. Time up. Yeah, time, time up. You get you get time up. Okay. We're going to come back and then we'll be some questions afterwards from the panel out here and from the audience as well. We're going to move on to the Greens, Mr. Savvy B. Okay. Uh, th- thank you, everyone. As you know, I'm standing for the Green Party in Brentford and Griffin Park. And uh, first thing, um, I mean, this is, this is for all football clubs, all right-minded football clubs, which have uh, floodlights. Floodlights use a lot of energy, and as you know, energy costs fossil fuels, etc. So we need to make floodlights uh, a bit more green. So our proposal is that we put wind turbines on top <laughs> of the floodlights. <laughs> so, but, but more, more, more than this, there's an added extra is that the, the blades will actually go over the lights. So there'll be a strobe effect on the pitch. So for some evening games, you might see, you might look out onto the pitch and see Hotter on the halfway line. And the next time you see him, he's in the box scoring a goal because of the strobe effect. And it also gives, gives it a more sort of 1980s disco feel. So on the terraces, we can, we can really throw some shapes. And uh, you know, so this is all about fan involvement and democracy. I think uh, under a strobe light, all players will look as slow as Andres Bielend. I think <laughs> when they run. Well, that's another bonus. <laughs> um, I don't so, think you'd be. I don't, you're not being radical. Uh, so, so moving on, um, we we also we know we have these four massive roofs that currently try to sell uh, gambling to people, and you know, flying. Across, across the world on these ridiculous airlines that are using up our CO2 gases, etc. So, um, solar panels on the roofs so we can become a carbon neutral club. This is, this is important for the people of Brentford. Thirdly, uh, we're going to close all parking spaces in the vicinity of the ground on match days, which means that people will be forced to come by uh, public transport. Or horse. Uh, or horse, yes, absolutely. Horses are fine. But uh, we want to encourage public transport. And um, that also means that the away coaches will not be able to stop at any point. So the players will have to jump off the coach, which should give Bedford an advantage. Um, also, I, this, is, this is very important to the people of Brentford uh, in particular. We have been promised many things over the years. The fans have been promised a move to Woking. Never happened. Mm. No to Woking. 
I mean, the, the people were gutted that these promises were made and they were never fulfilled. And, but there's been one promise that has been promised us for many, many years. It's never happened. And we, the Green Party, will make it happen. The monorail. The monorail is coming to Brentford, people. Yeah, and one last thing. One last thing. Yeah. Is that uh, the Greens believe in uh, veganism and vegetarianism. But we're also a democratic party and we don't believe in foisting this onto people. So what we will do, at the ground, if you want a burger, you must come from a homegrown cow that grazes on the Griffin Park pitch. Yeah, this will also mean we don't need lawnmowers because the grass will be kept nice and short by the cows and you will also have some manure from the cows to keep it going. Also, this is very important, that we will now give a banjo to Philip Hoffman so he can try and hit a, cat's, a cow's <laughs> ass. <laughs> Is, uh, is, that, is, is that animal? There's some sort of animal rights thing going on there, isn't it? Uh, no, it's, it's literally about uh, ve- uh, animals use up a lot of uh, our resources in terms of water and um, and. But you've uh, you got the banjo, but you, you, you're hitting him in the banjo. Uh, that's fine because he'll always miss. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Savvy B from the Greens. We've got the Allard from the Liberal Democrats. I'm going to start off with our first policy. It's a very important policy. Um, it's um, student ticket pricing. Um, we could, we, you could call it fees. It's going to be a new turn on here, isn't it? Our key policy is to maintain it at current levels with no increases. <laughs> okay. um, Believe that when I see it. Uh, um, uh, uh, another important policy to us is we're going to allow smoking within the ground. Um, as, as long as it's cannabis... <laughs> Um, it will promote a less aggressive, a less aggressive atmosphere of football, and uh, which will save money on policing and stewarding at games. Next up, the Man of the Match award. We're not—it's the voting system. We're not happy with, so we we're going to have proportional representation of <laughs> uh, the voting for the Man of the Match award. Now, the key thing—the key thing—and I, and I am going local. This is kind of local. Is um, the new ground, the, the, the Brentford Community um, Stadium? As, as everyone knows, there's been a vote to leave Griffin Park, um, and um, and we have to respect that vote. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Brentford exit from Griffin Park, you might want to call it Brexit. <laughs> um, so we. Oh, nice! I never heard that one. Um, we, so, so yes, the, the vote took place, but the plans were very, were very vague at the time. So we, we, we would like a, a second vote once the final... No, 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 no. <laughs> so you're looking for a second vote. So, so the Liberal Democrats, basically, even though they, they agree the with the vote, the, the people have had their say, still, but you would still, still like to have a second yeah, vote on this. Second, once the final plans for the ground are unveiled... With, with, with all, you know, we, we want a second vote on that no, on those final plans. We've won something. We've no, won something no. for the first time in our existence, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure that win yeah, that we're one win. We're gonna, gonna have happen. a second vote. They, but and, but before we have that vote, these are some of the policies we would like to see implemented with the new ground. No cap, no cap on away supporters. We want to um, we want to retain terracing. But we also want the free movement. Of <laughs> <laughs> the free movement of fans at half time to be able to be their friends. 
So you're looking for free movement. Other areas of the ground. <laughs> um, it, that must be maintained. And, um, and also supporters' rights must be maintained, which includes the, um, the queuing for the toilets for most of half-time. We want to maintain that. It needs to be protected and maintained. Um, as an opponent of the, um, the Liberal, Liberal Party, <coughs> that I, I, I would have to... I, I, I hear the comments from the right honourable gentleman, and I would have to say that full anal retention <laughs> is to be maintained during the, during the, during the next Parliament. I'd like to know what his policy is on uh, our supporters that live abroad. Um, our supporters that live abroad? Well, obviously, they're, they're welcome. There'll be no... Yeah, they're, they're very welcome to come at any time they want, so... <laughs> so, and, and is that your uh, particle political broadcast done? Um, I've got some more tenuous stuff, like <laughs> no zero-hours contracts of players, but that sort of thing didn't really work, so yes. Hoffman, am I? So, listen, thank you very much, uh, the Allard from the Liberal Democratics... Uh, um, well, not Democratics, but, yeah, well, <laughs> Democratics, you know what I'm saying, party. So, anyway, listen, I'm just wondering, we're just going out there, Demographics Party. So, people out there, I'm just wondering, in the audience out there, I, mean, I notice there's a lot of hands up in the... In fact, actually, everyone seems to have gone to the bar. Has anybody else got any questions up there for any of the, uh, the, the people who have been husting between, between us? The, 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 the Liberal? Oh, he's not the Liberal. Wait, at the moment, now, you were the Liberal before you actually came on the podcast today. I'm even more Liberal now. I've heard Matt's, Matt, Matt's version of events. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm lost for work. I, you know, never mind how many seats the Liberal Democrats get. I reckon Matt ought to be, you know, if Tim Farron has to resign on Friday morning, I know who I'm going to vote for a leader. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, uh, so how many, exactly how many uh, turbines would you put um, on, for the Green Party on, on each floodlight pylon? Because obviously there's a health and safety issue here as well, rather dangerous. And, and obviously if it gets a bit of a windy day, it might cause a few problems. Well, quite obviously you have one per floodlight. Isn't that obvious? It depends on how powerful they are. I mean, obviously, if it's like you know, if it's spinning around at sort of kind of like you know a mile an hour, then the the, the light that it, it, will, it wouldn't be that bright. No, no, uh, you, you misunderstand. Uh, a a wind turbine provides energy that goes into the grid. It doesn't actually run the floodlight. You're thinking of those little bikes where you do yes. the milkshakes. That's what you're thinking of. I've got a I've got a question for Dave though. Is what's our forward line going to be like at the start of the season? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna take up my right honourable gentleman to the left of me's um, position at the moment. No, and we, no, we, no, 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 we no. no. Answer question. Oh, don't, don't, don't know. We ought to name, name. I, I think we would call it Monty Pylon. <laughs> Monty Pylon. He's, he's the one on the. He's the. That's the Royal Oak one. It's the Royal Oak one. one. Yeah. And uh, what, what was it you? What was it I you had? It's what's our forward line gonna look like at the start of the season if you were to get elected? It's gonna look all white. <laughs> well, all white, all white. It's going to be all white. In the morning? Yeah. It's going to be all white. Everything's going to be all white. Anyway, listen, we'll be coming back to this because no doubt there'll be more debates later. We're now going to, uh, we've got a bit more Brentford news that we want to talk about. And then after that, we'll be coming back to the other candidates who will be uh, hustings and be trying to get your votes for the big, big election in the Brentford FC constituency. So Brentford FC, we talked about players coming in, um, or we actually talked about players going, yeah, coming in. We're going to talk about players going out now as well. But it's interesting because if you ever look around, everyone's trying to create news, create news, fake news, fake news, create news. But there's not really much activity going on at the moment now. 
Um, it's been very, very, very quiet. A lot of people have gone on holiday. I say a lot of contracts, you know, haven't really been executed. The end of June is really where the contracts are. So there's not very much happening at the moment now. And it's even got to the stage where a little birdie told me that Sky News are actually even sort of trying to get sort of rumours kind of like, you know, so, so they can actually talk about stuff because they've got nothing to talk about whatsoever, which is... Uh, yeah, Sky or Sky, or Sky, Sky Sports News. You oh, know what I'm Sky Sports News. Sky Sports News. Yeah. Sky News have had something to say. No, yeah, no, no, we're not talking about. You know, we're talking about football. You know, uh, yeah, alleg- allegedly, of course. You know what I'm saying. So that's what you had because you know, there's nothing really going on there at the moment now. So what we're saying is, for Brentford, Brentford actually done quite well because we've actually brought in three players. We bought in, you know, we're ahead of the curve compared to a lot of other teams who are sort of talking about doing this, talking about doing that. I've heard about Nottingham Forest boy there at the uh, at the bar. I can't remember the name of his player, but they're gonna they they reckon they've got a sort of ten million pound offer or fifteen million pound offer for one of their sort of top boys who's gonna have to go somewhere to uh, to sort out their FFP again because they can't buy anybody because they're absolutely in all sorts of trouble again. So it's interesting that you know what other teams are doing, but for Brentford, they're gonna buy Serbians. Yeah, well, well, you know, so, but on the way out, like I said to you, um, we talked about Maxim Collin. I mean, his flat, the sign is the sold sign outside. So, will Maxim be going or will he be staying? Um, he gave a little very vague sort of kind of like, you know, we'll see what's going on. I like Brentford, but I'll also look at the other options and that kind of stuff. So, we'll see. But one person who has gone, as we know, and, uh, you know, there was rumours from going from last window. To Millwall, but it didn't quite happen. Obviously, because Millwall got promoted as well, they stopped their interest in him. So there's a lot of rumours saying, mm, "I'm not sure we're going to go." But Alan McCormack has now gone to Luton Town. Um, big servant for the club, done really well. You can see even his energy and when he came on, the vibe that he actually gives to Brentford. And a lot of people said, you know, you haven't seen him play for three or four months, and when he comes on, everyone says, "We need a player like that in our side. We need a player in that our side because he really, really." makes a big difference you know okay admittedly he was you know 28 29 he's quite old 30 years old even maybe and um in, and and injuries sometimes are a, a bit of a problem as in you know he plays a number of games then he goes out for a number of games so you can't necessarily rely on him to be playing week in and week out however you cannot deny how much that he's put into the club he's a very big part of the side and he's a very you know almost in the in the dressing room and he'll be very 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 massively missed um alan mccormick Alan McCormack was a brilliant ambassador, really amazing player for Brentford Football Club. We got him at the end of his career. Um, We maxed out on Alan McCormack. He was a powerful, combative, aggressive, brilliant player for us. Um, I think we've let him go at the right time. Um, I wish him well. Um, I, th- I think, I think, uh, uh, as well as um, embracing our recruitment policy, we, we have to, we have to, we have to embrace it, the exit policy. You have to, you have to know when to let players go as well. And people were crying about Dougie leaving. I think we let Dougie go at the right time too. You know, I, 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 there's not one player that we've let go that ultimately we've really, really missed. And, and, and so well, unless we got money for them, obviously, because there's players that, you know, like Andre Gray. You know, but we, we, we've either replaced them or, or we've actually, like, we, we, we put money in the coffers. There's, there's not one player that I'm looking at at the moment that I'm thinking, God, I wish we still had him here. Um, not, not for a long time. Not, not since, like, Inga Marson. Not since, like, Gavin Marn. I think, you know, like, and, and, and people like Horiderson, we really missed them because there was no new talent of that calibre coming through. Now, yeah, Andre Gray maybe, but no, but I don't think so because we, we replaced him with goals. 
you know, and, and we, uh, Scotty Hogan, we, we replaced him with even more goals. So, so far it's working. I'm not saying it's going to continue to work, but you've got a, the system that exists at the moment, looking at the evidence, is that it's, it's, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. I've always enjoyed uh, Alan McCormack's performances for us. I think he's, he's been a, a stalwart and, as you said, I think you know, he's, he always appears... You kind of forget about him for a bit because he's out of... You know, he's out injured for two or three months. Or and suspended. Then, or suspended, yeah. <laughs> but then he comes back and he just, he just reminds, you of how good he, how, reminds you of how good he is. And uh, I think there was, there was that time when he was struggling to... To, to show himself when he was trying to play in the midfield with Dougie because they were too similar and then um, I think was it Logan that got dropped and under Uwe and, and we put um, put Alan Mack on, on the right, right full back and uh, suddenly he just appeared to be really really good and uh, got us through that season which was the season we went up I believe so but you know he's been great and I have enjoyed his performances and I think he's he's the player we really have to replace we have to replace a defensive midfielder or a box-to-box player that can really take the ball and, and move it forward. I think, yeah, what we have to do is replace his physicality and his aggression in some way. May uh, you, you may make an argument in a slightly more cultured way. You may not. Um, he did a fantastic job. I think he was, you know, he's actually technically quite a good player, but, but he always had that sort of. Um, there was always he had something else about him that, that he was probably more well known for. Um, his tackles were biting, um, and there were games where which were suited perfectly for him. Um, like everyone said, I think we've moved on, um, and, um, and 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 I and I agree with what Dave was saying. Um, I think I think there are players we've sold that maybe we would still like to have hold of, but we've got good money for them. And there's players that we've let go, and I think we've let go of them at the right time. I. I, I I seriously don't have any regrets. There may be a couple of periods where we've been a little bit short in central midfield and if we don't replace Maka, we may come to regret it at some point next season. Um, he's one of them players, you know, if you lose two or three on the spin, you need sometimes need to do something different and you need to battle and get a win and, and Maka's the sort of player you put in the side. So, I mean, Alan McCormack off to Luton and the Luton fans were so happy when they saw they signed him. They were just like, just the player that we need. So I think that he's actually going to have a good time down at Luton. And uh, they lost in the playoffs as well, didn't they? They lost in the playoffs. Uh, are they losing the playoffs to, to, was it to Exeter? Did they lose? Yeah, so they lost in the playoffs. Playoff semi-final. Playoff semi-final, like, you know. So they were there. They were knocking on the door of Division 1. So, you know, maybe going down two divisions, just like how, you know, Sam Saunders went down to Wickham Wanderers, did really well down there. It's the right level for him. He'll go down there and make a massive impact as well. And actually, you know, he may, he may again next year see another promotion. Uh, another player who's been talked about, you know, it's not definite, but we had a player who went off to loan. A lot of people were saying he didn't really get a chance, he didn't get a chance. That's Andy Goggia. He went over to Dynamo Dreadful, as we say, or Dynamo Dredston. And uh, he did all right with him, scored quite a few goals and then he got injured. But, you know, he's been very highly regarded in the third division there. I think Dredston got promoted as well. I think for whatever division they were in, they got promoted from, is it the third to the second or from the second to the first, whatever. But they got, I think, I'm pretty sure they did very well. So he's done, okay, there's, so there's rumours of him. Quite a few teams want him in Germany, including Union Berlin. So the chances are, I think that, you know, this may be the last that we see of uh, Andy Goggia. Good little player. We got him for no money and he cost about 50p a week. And, you know, if we get some money for him, 
then uh, it's good dealing for Brentford. There's a little gamble that we took on him to try and bring him in to see if we can get a third division player in, play really well. It's interesting because I think it was QPR, was it QPR, who brought in players from, got a player from the, the, the third division of the German league. Some of them work, some of them don't, as you know. And it's one of those ones, it didn't quite work for us. Maybe we stuck with it another year or two. It might have done, but we've brought in some quality now in our side. So it's going to be more and more difficult for him to get in the side. So let's see whether or not he goes or not. He's, we've got a five-year contract on him. So maybe we might stick him out alone again and just see how it goes. Well, with my you get out, I have to say, Andy, go, 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 yeah, go, just go, just go. Okay, well, okay, we, you know, as you've, you've moved into your mode there as well, we were discussing that a little bit later Bill, as well. Bill, the one player also we ought to mention is James Ferry, who's gone to Stevenage. That's right. um, and that is the player that I think, of all the players we've moved on, we may regret actually having seen, because we've seen him play for the B team. A lot of potential in James Ferry. It may be that his move to Stevenage is, is, is a good one, and I suspect it might be the same as... Um, We'll, we'll regret it. Um, sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, who ended up at Swansea? This, who played well at Swansea? Alfie Mawson. Alfie Mawson, who's, who's in the England under-21 side now as well. Exactly. I think James Ferry has that potential to do the Alfie Mawson. And whether, whether we will have not seen the best of James Ferry playing for Brentford, I suspect we'll see James Ferry playing in the Premier League. And, and his dad, Brian, has been a brilliant ambassador for... for that's right, he plays very well, his dad as well. But James Ferry, I mean, again, to say he was he's right up there and then he just seemed to go down the pecking order and he wasn't the person that they seemed to be talked about and, uh, you know, talked to a few people about there. They're saying, mm, I'm not sure if Ferry's going to make it and maybe also from him, he wanted to get game time so he stepped down a couple of divisions as a couple of the players do, like Alfie Mawson did, to try and get some game time um, instead. So no doubt Brentford have actually got a bit of a clause in there. So if we sell him on, we sell him on then. You know, hopefully we get a little bit of a uh, Wonga on that one, but it's a decision that's made. But there's a, we've got a lot of got a lot of midfielders at the moment now, so we've got those players there on the out. Concerns. I want to talk about a few concerns as well, though, because obviously we've got Hotter. He signed a one-year extension. Everyone's going, hey, but it's only a one-year extension. So what does that mean? I mean, it's come to the summer now. Does that mean if somebody puts in a bid for 12 million, Hotter's gonna? Uh, or does that mean that Hotter is just, just you know, having a little of a peep around and he's just going to sign it and then see who comes in, who doesn't come in? Um, like I said, it's summertime now at the moment now, so there's not been much activity going on. But when it comes to July, it could get all a bit fraught. Yeah, I need to see what his um, working restrictions are, to be honest with you. And um, his wife, whether she's had the Hey Jude tattoo on her arm or not. To be honest with you, first and foremost, you know I need to know whether he's he, he he's needed here because jobs, footballing jobs need to be offered first and foremost to to British or or, or Scottish players. Okay, so I mean, to be fair, you, I mean you say that, but you, you're obviously not. In, uh, you're not in. You know, you, you haven't won the election as yet, so you can say what you want to now. But at the end of the day, you know, we've we've got to wait till tomorrow. Yeah, I can dance if I want to. Yes, you can. You can dance with you want a hotter. Serious point is that there will be a lot of so-called bigger teams sniffing around. I think you know. I think Middlesbrough, Norwich, possibly the Leeds of this world will come offering some some, some money for him. Will, will, will some big teams come as well? <laughs> well, all yeah. European champions. Um, so, some teams, some teams out of London. I mean, you know, he he, he moved back. To, he moved back to um, England because he, he he liked London and, and liked the life. 
I would just caution him against wishing that things were brighter somewhere else. Yeah, I think I I, I think I'm going to back up Nick here. Um, I agree with Nick. I, I agree with Nick, and um, I'm happy, and also I'm happy to rethink the um, the student fees, sorry, ticket prices. Um, if you want to go to coalition, um, if um, no, no, but with with Hotter, I think you know, I think what we've seen of Hotter is that he's been sensational at Brentford, um, and there's something about Brentford and Hotter, and it's that there's this lovely match. Um, I I just wish that football agents weren't involved. Um, and um, and, it, and it was as simple as players and clubs, and 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 maybe you know a player that can sort of can recognise that there's a place for him. Um, it'd be it, I just would love to see him play with him yeah, for another it, two or three it, years. There's a place for him, and that's, that's, that's cleaning dishes. Move <laughs> on. Yes, but anyway, so listen, and as well, I mean, we've got Savvy B as well, who's got a yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with Hotter, aren't you? I, I'm very happy with us and I think the, the one year extension is quite interesting because it's either going to be at, uh, at one of the transfer windows someone's going to offer silly money and he's going to go and we're going to take it uh, but also by the end of the season um, he, he could be in the premiership with Brentford and he might be holding out for that just, just, well just to see where he is because at the end of the season he can either go off as a free agent or sign another contract with Brentford in the Premiership um, because, because you know his, his wife loves London etc 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 or he could or he could sign or he could sign a contract with a clause and he could, we could say let's see how it goes sign a three year contract something like that with a clause to see how it goes and if after a year we haven't gone up then we can have the discussion after there to say okay if somebody comes in with you after the year it hasn't quite worked out let's go but let's, let's give it a go for a year because the team we've got at the moment now looks like it's shaping up but I suspect we can't offer him what he would like uh, while we're still a championship club so the chances are that if we do go up we can offer him what he wants. But also, uh, we, we could offer, you know, what you're saying is that an extended contract so we can make, actually make some money out of him at the end of the year. That might happen uh, after January window closes. This is going to be a very controversial comment and I'm going to get slated for this, but we are not a big enough club to be able to refuse a large offer on Trotter and, and allow him to run down his Trotter. Trotter. <laughs> Trotter. 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 Oh, God, Jesus. Hotter. Oh, no, how much? We, 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 we'll, we'll take... We'll, we'll take a million from Trotter. <laughs> <laughs> on Hotter. We are not... We are, I told you it was going to be a controversial comment. Yeah, no, no, seriously. But contra- we, are, we are not a big enough club to allow somebody like Hotter to run down his contract and to leave possibly on a free. If somebody comes in with, with money for him, we're going to take it. We have to. Um, I think that I'm going to make another quick point and I'm going to try and back up what I was saying earlier is that Hotter is the sort of player that you build a team around and, um, and sometimes there are, you know, there are bigger teams in Brentford who, who probably won't have the luxury of being able to build a team around Hotter and if they're going to sign him and expect him to become one of the workhorses for, for you know, there are better players than Hotter playing, you know, starting their stuff in the Premier League then, then I don't think he's a worthwhile acquisition for them. I think he's a, he's a really, he's, he's quite a fascinating player, and um, and I don't think it is. It, it maybe isn't as simple as it sounds that you just buy this player who plays right midfield and he'll fit into your, into your, in, into the way you play. I, I'm, I'm hoping that managers and coaches see that, and um, 
you know, maybe they don't feel that he's the right guy. He has to remember his e-bar moment, as we say. Just remember the e-bar moment. You went over to e-bar, yeah, exactly. you know, Premier, you know, Serie A team, yeah. fantastic. You could have yeah. gone there, you could have done whatever yeah. you wanted to, but it just didn't really happen. So, and, and that's exactly my point. hopefully, that's lodged in the back of his head. So when we get re-elected tomorrow, or not re-elected, elected tomorrow, I'm going to reintroduce quarantine for all Spaniels. Okay, all right, well, you're not elected yet, so we'll come back to that at another time. So we've got Hotter. Also, we're going to talk about another concern as well, Harley Dean. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago um, on the last end-of-season podcast as well. Harley Dean, obviously, like I said to you, we'd like to keep the side together as he can do. He's turned down a new deal. He's going to see how it is. He might sign it at the end of the season. He might sign it at the end of the summer. He might sign it in January. He might, but at the moment now, he's running his deal down towards the... End of the well, uh, well, the end of this season. Well, I need to, next I, season, I need to ask the the Labour candidate here because defence is obviously his weakness. Is is he prepared? Layabout. Is he is he prepared? Is he is is he prepared to press the button on Harley Dean to unleash Harley Dean? Is he prepared to press that button? Is he prepared? Yes. I am, because we have such a strong foreign representation in this country. Foreigners play a vital part in our economy, in the success of Brentford FC, that Harley can move on if needs be. What's foreigners got to do with that? They contribute to the success of the Brentford economy. It could be anybody. What if they weren't foreign? No, but, but our foreign contingent... Are welcome in this country because they and and at Brentford because they contribute so much. They don't. We don't need defence. We don't need a defence. Is he prepared okay. to press the button? Are you prepared to unleash Harley? Are you prepared to press the button to unleash Harley? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a yes from the uh, layabout the layabout party there. So anyway, listen. So coming back to that and just talking about other bits and pieces. Um, we talked to Hotter and Dean. As we know, Joseph Soon, Joseph Soon, he signed a one-year contract, so he's extended his contract. So we've got him for another year. Um, we'll probably see how it goes, and you know, if he's all good, we'll try and extend that contract now. But that's a good thing. I mean, were people impressed with Joseph Soon? He came in and he he's turned into sort of a little bit of a sort of super sub, hasn't he? I I, I like him, and I like the the fact that he either starts and gets replaced by Canos or the other way around. And that seems to be working because you've got a fresh pair of extremely fast legs. Uh, you know, getting down that wing and, uh, and getting some balls in. And also, I think Joseph Soon does that one thing where he gets to the byline and pulls the ball back. That's, that's something we haven't had for quite a long time. Po- possibly, possibly as far back as Neil Smiley. So, <laughs> so, but I, I like that. I do like that. Well, you know, how many players have we ever had in our, in our squads ever that have got a Z in their name? It's, it's very few. I, I think I think it's only one, and it's him. So for, for that for that alone, I welcome him. I fight for a foreigner. So and then that's the the UGIT party as well. We'll come back to the policies later because, like I said, you have not been elected and getting quite a lot of airtime as well. Getting quite quite a lot of airtime as you keep on interjecting here. Fair airtime. Yeah. So. But, um, so we've got Joseph Soon. People have seemed to be happy with Joseph Soon. What well, I'll talk about a couple of other things as well. Andre Gray. 
remember that player? He, you know, we bought him for about 50p and then we sold him for a little bit more money. But Andre Gray, we need to talk about Andre Gray because there's a few teams sniffing around him, including apparently Newcastle United, or well, the favourites they're talking about, to sign him. And if he signs him, there's a sell-on clause for Brentford of about 27.5%, I think it is, just to be precise. <laughs> <laughs> in the know. Roughly, no. In the know. Roughly, no. Round, round about. Are you, are you sure those figures are correct? It's rough, roughly around that amount, they, anyway. Have they, have they been audited? Yeah, yeah. Roughly around what that amount. Yeah. So, so if it's he... It's in the Diane Abbott moment for you. Listen, this is, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just taking a rough guess. It's around about that, that amount, okay? So if he's sold for um, 18 million, so um, what's, what's 27.5% what, what, of 18 right. million? If he's sold for 18 million, but I think it's also, I think it might no. be the profit that you get. It's a, it's a profit that you get. So if we sell him for 9 million and then he'd be selling for 9, 9 million again, so it's actually the profit that we actually make the money on. So what is it? We'll get about two, two, two and a quarter million, something like that. Two, two, two and a half million pounds. No, exact figure. Exact figure. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. All right, two, uh, two and a half million. Have you not read? Have you not read the contract? Do you not know? I'm just saying. Is it on your iPads? Just roughly about two and a half million pounds ish, two and a quarter million. Which will do very well for us to buy another player. You don't know where the figure's in the contract, do you? I don't, actually, no. No, no, I don't. Do you want to phone a friend? Oh, phone a friend, actually. I've got to talk. Jimmy. Oh, he's not in. But anyway, it's roughly, roughly around the back. Anyway, we're just talking about two, two and a quarter, two and a half million pounds if we sold them for 80 million pounds, which is good for us because it goes back into the coffers for, for Brentford FC. So, um, I mean, did you ever think when we bought Andre Gray for 500 grand and the first few matches where he's huffing and puffing around and people are slating him and slagging him off and everything like that, did you ever think that we'd be able to sell him for 9 million and then we'll get an extra couple of million on top of that? Um, did I think that? Um, I, I did think... I thought, <laughs> no, I, no, to be fair, I thought he, was, I thought he had something that was quite exciting and quite electric. I, I was worried that he might sort of you know, he, he may find a, he's hit his level already, um, but he hasn't. He's gone on and he's um, he's carried on impressing. I, I I think that Andre Gray is some. He's got certain attributes that aren't that easy to find in um, English strikers. So he's a great yeah. I thought at the very beginning of the second season when he was with us for, for a couple of games, he looked absolutely fantastic. And at that point, I thought this geezer can make it. Yeah. Yeah, he he, he grew into it. I have to say, he, he, he looked like a, a leading goal scorer at a football club. Um, he seized his chance. The, the second season, he, he, he did look, he look above and beyond. And, um, I, I, you know, I just wish him, I really do wish him well. And I, I hope he does get it. I hope he gets a big move because Burnley wasn't a big move. Bernie was a, probably the right move for him. Um, I just, I just, I, if we can get another windfall out of him, then happy days. If I'm honest with you, but he, he could, he could possibly play for England. You know, he, he won't get a massive amount of caps, but he could play for England. He could. So there's Andre Gray as well, and, and just just capping it off because we're talking about you know Brentford and the future and stuff. We're still obviously out there looking for, and this is no secret. We've been talking about it for six months, obviously. Um, Scott Hogan left in December and we haven't actually sort of kind of bought a new striker as such so you know so you know are we doing the striker are we talking about the whole idea of um, reinforcing the side so you know so striker 
Brentford are out there looking for a striker, as we may know whether or not that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months. We don't know that, but that's going to be out there as well. Brentford have talked about that in the press and everything, so we know strikers out there, and uh, you know there's a few irons in the fire, I'm sure. And also defensive midfielder again talked about the idea of actually a defensive midfielder. We've talked about the midfielder that we want, and you know we haven't breached that gap. So there's two positions out there. Which, um, which you know, which we're looking about. It's interesting because some people were talking about. I've seen them flipping around talking about Sam Gallagher, the old Blackburn striker. I mean, he. I mean, they, they got relegated at the end of the season. He's a very good player. They're down in Division what Division One now. Um, he was. That's right. He's on loan for Southampton. So whether or not you know he's going to be released up, whether or not Southampton let him go, whether or not he's going to be too much money, you know. I'm sure there's lots of teams after him. I mean, it's just one in a million players that has been talked about. I'm sure there's other people out there. But it's a little bit early to talk about new players now as well. As we said, everyone's on holiday. So our next podcast that we're going to be doing, which is the first week in July, first Wednesday in July. So the Thursday in July, the first Wednesday in July, after the contracts are out, we've got the next podcast. So tune in for that. And I'm sure we'll have lots more information because we've been there in a few things, which, eh, you know, but there's too many things that are really happening, but not really too much. But by that time, we may be able to tell you a little bit more but anyway it's election day thursday's election day big day in the country and we've still got two more candidates who want to sell you to tell you exactly why you should vote for them so after this twang we're going to come back to these guys and see exactly what they have to say election day and we still have two more candidates who are going to tell us their policies and first of all I mean, they need to convince you because you need to vote. Thursday is vote day and they need to convince you. And first of all, we've got Mr. Liberal Nick, ironically, of the Layabout Party. Liberal. I'm very happy to stand on a manifesto that offers everything for everybody. So, first things first, welfare. Free onions on the burgers. You know, you're not going to have... You're not going to have to pay... Not going to have to pay extra for your onions and they are going to be there for when you want them, when you need it, the onions will be there to look after you. More onions for the higher earners? No, no, less onions for the higher earners, more more onions for the low paid who need their energy and their stamina worked up. We're going to do do away with the gig economy. It's all costed, absolutely everything is costed, you know, no problem at all. We're also going to offer free tickets for underrepresented groups. So, you know, such as, such as liberals, middle class, <laughs> white males who, who are, you know, just not seen enough at football nowadays. There's a danger that they're drifting off to rugby. You know, there's a danger that they're drifting off to cricket. We need more white middle class males at rugby at Griffin Park, and that's where that's where they're, that's where they're going to be. And defence. We've already discussed this earlier this evening, but we don't need we don't need any defence. We don't need any defence. You're not going to you're not going to renew Trident. Not going to renew Trident, not going to renew Harley Dean's contract because we don't need we don't need a defence. We are all about attack. Under the brave new world that I am proposing, there will be goals galore, goals galore, and we'll score more goals than goals we'll concede. So therefore, you know, this the numbers add up. I promise you, we've had that. We've had it costed. We've had it costed, and we'll score more goals. Then we'll let in, even without a defence. So we'll be fine on that. Nick, did, I, did I see you drinking with Millwall and Leeds supporters um, recently? Is, is there a sort of a shady past that we 
that we don't know about? We are happy to talk to anybody, work with anybody. We're, we reach out to all sections of the community. We are all chums together. We reach out. We are prepared to work with anybody. What about Andy Peters? <laughs> Just a question. No. No. Tax. A really tax, really important, really, really important issue. This any Brentford player will pay zero income tax as long as they contribute to our economy, and by that I mean that they score goals and that they seek us promotion, which takes me back to the defence. So, you know, Hoffman unfortunately will be subject to a severe penalised tax because he doesn't actually contribute anything to the economy, but whereas players like Hotter wonderful foreigners who we are welcome into this country they all pay zero tax at all as long as their wives get their tattoos but um, buttocks tattooed <laughs> finally environment no, we haven't sorry. covered point of order sorry uh, point of order I, I i only insisted on arms tattooed but and and, and the labor our labor representative wants well, layabout layabout wants his buttocks tattooed it would, it, would, as, it would appear he's trying to win some of his votes back. As you'll take it, I am appealing to all sections, and and I need I know that I need to reach out to the far right community to be able to retain some of the seats that I have. So I'm very happy to do that. And finally, the environment, because the environment has not been talked about enough in this election. You know, um, you can ignore the minor parties. The minor parties don't don't talk about don't talk about it at all. I don't want us to spoil the green grass of Brentford. The Griffin Park turf looks immaculate and it should stay immaculate forever. Therefore, I want us to start playing long ball game. You know, long ball game. It will only, you know, we'll play from penalty box to penalty box. Keepers will be encouraged to kick it long. None of this fancy Dan stuff. We'll, We'll retain, we'll return to our roots the roots of our tradition, which is the long ball game, and therefore that will make us victorious in the 21st century. Without without wishing to burst your socialist bubble, if one were to look at the the, the Griffin Park pitch at the moment, it were to look more like a northern African state of, of... of sand because um, they've relayed the pitch so this green green grass of home this green and pleasant land that you allude to it looks more like a Islamic state of Tunisia at the moment I, I, I the last time the last time I looked the grass was green, and the grass, grass will always be greener on the other side. It seems to me that the layabout party wants to take us back to the 1970s in the long ball game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. True, true, traditional working man's football. Thank you very much, uh, the Liberal Nick. Labour. No, the Liberal Nick from the layabout party, actually. And uh, I think Lainey was going to introduce our final candidate here. Yeah, it's um, it's Billy, Billy the um, Billy the Billy the Bee. He's um, the the conservative, the conservatory, conservatory. Um, he's um, he's got um, like uh, big big windows. He's um, double glazed, um, and he's very very open-minded with a with a very extensive back passage. Yes, hello. 
Conservatory Party here. And as you know, we're in power at the moment now, and we're going to stay in power because we have some excellent, excellent song. We're a song, you know, a song. But we've got some excellent policies that we want you to all know about. Um, the key is for every club to have a song and stable supporters. Okay, very, very important. As opposed to have, as opposed to having unstable supporters, we're the Conservatory Party, and if we win this election, we promise to, we want to deliver. A, pro- a smooth departure from the championship, otherwise known as Chexit. <laughs> Ideally, we want to go up to the Premier League, but um, if, if we go down, it, it won't be a, it won't be a disaster, but not unrecoverable. We, we'd like to leave the championship while keeping a deep and special relationship with our neighbouring teams. And I just want to let you know, because you're laughing, but checks it means checks it. It does, it does, definitely means it. Okay. We would also... Re- is, that, is, that, is that either way? So if you can't, if you, if, if you can't, if checks it can't be achieved in the Premier League, you're happy for checks it to Division 1? Listen, checks it means checks it, okay? <laughs> That's all I need to say. And you just understand. Yeah. We'll also reduce net migration of foreigners into the Football League and in particular to Brentford as well. And we'll also toughen the visa requirements for entry. Uh, uh, however, there will be a clause. We'll leave it open to let them in if they're good. And if Jody Foreigner wants to buy our players, they're free to do that as well. Oh, and if you're Spanish, and in particular, if your name starts with J and ends with an A, and you're rich and you've got four letters, and I can file expenses for visiting your beachside villa in Valencia three times a year, even though you're living in Bradford, then you're exempt. Um, as a matter of urgency, we'll continue our austerity measures, cutting back the teams in the Football League from 72 back to 60. <laughs> Some may say that's vicious. There's the most vicious cut scene since the Conservative government, or the Conservatory Conserv- Barry, of 1995, when the Football League was cut from 74 to 72, I think it was, leaving hard-working teams like Brentford grieving, having worked hard for a promotion, but seeing them left on the shit heap. But, you, but under your watch, you have let the, 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 the police at Griffin Park go from 300,000 per match to Ken. <laughs> so, so how can on your watch, on your watch, just to Ken? Well, you, as you as you so rightly interrupted because you've had so much airtime now, but you're trying to steal more. I will move down the line and I'll knock out a few of them and I'll talk about security. We do plan to chop the police numbers by fifty percent in an attempt to get the fans to self-police. <laughs> we can all get the police to work on the nightclub doors in Shoreditch. And also that Orville chap in the orange coat, he's very nice and he's friendly to our Fay fans. We need more of him on the terraces, okay? His mum's illegal. Education. We need to increase Academy's budget by two million pounds. Um, that means we need to remove the ban on selective academies. Uh, well, selective academies. That means that Man United's and Chelsea's can pick the cream of the crop. Uh, my genius plan is Brentford will be 47th in line to pick off their best players, but what more do you want? Um, what else do we want? Tax. Tax breaks for teams owned by mathematicians <laughs> to encourage more logical thinking. 
Also, dementia tax for retired footballers like Gordon Sweetser and that Gary Roberts chap you had in your besotted social recently. Um, they're losing their marbles anyway, so they won't need the money, and with any luck, when they grow older, they'll forget about it. Um, no Scottish independence. In fact, no Scottish teams at all. No surrender. Yes. Um, we plan to balance the books by 2020 by charging every fan £50 entrance fee. <laughs> and if you can't afford it, tough. I would, everyone I went to at the university at Cambridge can afford it, so there. We're going to invest in transport, so bring back football specials. We'll kettle the fans in and put them in a broken-down train that takes seven hours to get from London to Nottingham. And uh, costings. Uh, forget about costings. We haven't done the costings in the manifesto. Once we're elected, uh, don't worry about it, because my six-year-old nephew, Bartholomew, says it's a goer. Wait, wait, wait. What, happened to the t- what happened to the two minutes? That was two, that was two and a half minutes. <laughs> Four minutes fifty, actually. So I'd like 50. to know. I mean, you know, you know, as Greens uh, care about the environment, I'd like to know what your policies are on fox hunting, in particular, and Leicester. <laughs> well, and Leicester. Well, seeing as that we'll probably be playing them as Brentford, because uh, my policies are, are actually boosting Brentford. So in the next couple of years, we'll be playing them. As far as I'm concerned, I'll be very happy for the the foxes to, uh, to, to 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 be almost non-existent. So by the time we take them, we'll actually give them a right good mauling. Um. I'm not really happy about foxes, if I'm honest with you, because that's the one thing that I didn't mention in the intro, that I bought two, two rabbits during the close season, the early part of the, the pre-close season. Um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be more rabbits by the time we meet the middle of the season, middle of the close season. Um, but, yeah, the rabbits are good. They're, they don't like foxes. Well, foxes don't like them. Indeed. So listen, you've heard all the politicians say you can make up your mind, see exactly what you think. We're going to talk a little bit about the football and then we're going to come out of this podcast after this twang. So election day and just to let you know as well, if you go onto Twitter and we'll try and see if we can get it on Facebook as well. But you can vote for who you think has got the best manifesto for Brentford FC, um, which party it will be. It'll be up there on Twitter. We'll put it out there all day tomorrow and you can vote on it. We'll try and see if we can also get the manifestos put up there as well and you can have a little listen to them and you can vote for them. It's all a bit of a laugh and listen, you're just trying to keep things light-hearted. It's, it's close season now and to be quite honest with you, you haven't really got that much to talk about. So there we go, we're talking about this now. But just finally, we're going to just talk about just into the, the, the final moments of this podcast before we go off, internationals as well. Um, Under-18s, the Toulon Tournament. Ellery Balkum, as we know, Brentford goalkeeper, he played in England's 2-1 win over Japan. And they've progressed. And now I think they're actually through to... I'm pretty sure they're through to... Um, they're through to the latter stages, if not through to the, to the semi-finals. Or if not the quarter-finals of the, the under-18s... Well, the under-19s Toulon tournament. Um, um, we've actually got our under-18s. England under-18s are playing in the under-19s Toulon tournament. They're doing very well. And like I said, Ellery Balkum got his first... Um, He's got his first start, which is all good. Chris Mepham got called up by Wales. He played in the um, in the one-all draw with Ivory Coast. Um, they also they, they, they beat Bahrain 1-0 and they drew with France 0-0. But unfortunately, Wales went out of the Toulon tournament, so they're not got any further. But Chris Mepham, he's got his first cap. Fair play to Chris Mepham. Big B out there as well. More international activity that's going on. We had quite a few players called up for Denmark. We had Dalsgaard, who's our new player straight into the um, the Danish squad against Germany also Vibe and Bielen they all got called up by Denmark in the end the players that made it Vibe was on the bench and Bielen was on the bench Delsgaard didn't make it Vibe came on after about 60 odd minutes when Denmark were 1-0 up Germany scored with two minutes to go so it's a one-all game there so it's a good game for those guys as well 
Um, they've got a game against Kazakhstan on Saturday. Kazakhstan Lady. We've been to Kazakhstan. Uh, interesting trip, isn't it? Cheesy cheese, stringy cheese. That's right, we had stringy cheese there. We went up the mountain wearing all sorts of stuff. It's a very, very uh, interesting place to go to Kazakhstan. So I think that, um, let's say, VB and the crew out there will have a... An interest. That's all I can say. Is interesting time. I've never seen so many people just camel's milk. A camel's milk, and uh, and the locals just. I mean, the, the the. Do you remember that James Bond movie? I can't remember which one where they were drinking with some Russians, and they kept them drinking, 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 and then they ended up just collapsing. I thought, ah, oh, that's a bit of a joke. But there in Kazakhstan, because obviously it was part of that whole kind of USSR thing going on. Exactly the same thing. These guys were inside the pub and they just kept on drinking shorts, shorts. And we we're drinking beer. Vodka. And the vodka. And they said, you don't, you don't drinking. What are you drinking beer for? Real men drink vodka. And they were just there drinking shorts and shorts and shorts. Then before you know it, they literally just passed out and they were all on the floor. It was just really, really bizarre experience. But the fact is that they had to drink sort of like about four bottles of vodka because that's the thing to do in Kazakhstan. So hopefully Lasse Vibe won't be drinking any vodka out there. (laughs) That's right. So anyway, so that's it. Um, Egan, he started for the Republic of Ireland as well. Um, They played uh, Friendly a couple of days ago as well. And they got, um, who did they play? Uh, was it Uruguay? Was it Uruguay? They got, they got, um, and they played far three at the back as well. So he played the three at the back, which didn't work out too well for them as well. So I think they're not going to be doing that again. Um, he didn't play in the no, he didn't play in the following game. They played on the Friday as well, so he didn't play in that one. Romain Sawyer's is uh, in the squad for St Kitts. They're playing Armenia and they're playing a couple of games in Europe as well. So he's kind of very happy about that. And on again, um, Henry. Um, so he got called up by. England under-20s, but unfortunately got in, injured. But England under-20s, we've got the um, Leicester B, Dan Sue, who's out there in South Korea. He's been to quite a few of the games, and England have progressed really well. They're in the semi-finals on Thursday versus Scotland. It's on at 4pm, I think it is, on Eurosport, so go and watch that if you have to. Ivory Coast and Czech are in the other semi-final, but obviously in England with that, they're in the final of the under-20s World Cup. So a lot of international action with Bs involved. But listen, this has been the besotted... Uh, we're not going to explain what it was, some sort of mid-season, something like podcast, but it's an election special podcast. Um, the layabout party, they've gone because they're layabouts, they're not even here anymore. But we've got the rest of the parties here who are still committed to the cause. We're going to be back in the first week in July where we'll be talking about new signings. We've heard a few sniffs, but we can't really talk about them at the moment now. But hopefully by then they'll be ratified a little bit more. We could talk about how that's going to affect Brentford FC. Yeah, I know we've had a few jokes tonight, but let's let's bring it back. I don't want to be miserable, but let's bring it back to remembering the people that lost their lives this week and um, the last couple of weeks. We are we are full of love for those people, and we we have a laugh, we have a joke, but you know, all, all we are is just we we just mean well. So don't take anything we've said tonight out of context. We, we just we just do give respect to all those that have lost and have suffered because of what's happened and all we can do is just try and carry on as normal just carry on as normal as well so listen just go around the table here as well so guys it's been a, we've had a good summer so far hopefully we'll have a better summer we've got another couple of weeks there's holidays happening there's pre-seasons happening players are going to be coming back exciting time for Brentford I think the, 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 the bookies have put us in for a somebody said we were like about 10 to 1 or 8 to 1 or something ridiculous for promotion which I'm a little bit worried about um, do you believe in all that nonsense? I think that there's, there is a thing about we are the next team we're the favourites to be the next team 
to reach the Premiership that haven't been there. So there's quite a few teams that are in our division have already been there. So I think that's the, the actual thing. So we, we might be favourites to to be the next team. I've heard somebody's also put, put, put odds on the Brentford about 10 or 12 to 1 or something like that. So we're, you know, I mean, Aston Villa are hot favourites apparently. And then I think Sun, not Sunderland, but a couple of teams that come down there are right up there. But B's are, you know, I, I was hoping for about 20 or 30 or 40 to 1. So you could put a fiver on there, but it's not quite going that way. I, I would have thought where we finished last season, 10th, I thought that we uh, had a good end of the season, so we would probably expect to be about points-wise about seventh. So I, I would I thought ten to one's a bit too uh, bit too mean. I would I just, like you. I expect something more generous than that. Indeed. So besotted Pride of West London podcast and uh, election podcast. Check out Besotted Twitter. Check out the Facebook. We're going to put the poll up there. Just vote on who you think should be the Brentford representative. We've got the best manifesto. But as we say, it's mid-season. We're in the Cross Keys pub, Wicked pub. They've done really great with us. There's all sorts of cheesy chips and there's Fuller's beer and there's London Pride and there's some sort of other drink going on there and some soft drinks going down. But as we say, mid-season, we don't care what we say because these haven't heard it for a while, as we say. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.